You are listening to the teaching podcast of Praise Community Church in Mason City, Iowa. For more information about our church, please visit praisecc.org. Uh, today's message was something I was going to actually preach last week, but as I got into last week, I realized I needed to back it up even more. So last week we really talked about Mark 3 and the idea around when Jesus called out the apostles. He called out those 12, that motley crew of people that were not qualified, shouldn't have been doing this, to really lead the church into the future. And the authority that God gave them, that Jesus gave them to live that out. Now, in the meantime, he'd continued to be talking to these guys. He continued to be walking with these guys, living with these guys. And he was also sharing to big crowds. And it was the parables. Now, most of the time, the people didn't understand what Jesus was talking about. But these 12 that he had called, he would pull them back. He would explain to them exactly what he meant. He really was giving them a rich experience to understand what the kingdom life was all about. So we get to a point in Mark 4 to where we understand the whole storm. Remember when Jesus was out on the boat with them, they, they shoved off and, and he was in a storm and, and, and the things, they freaked out and then Jesus woke up and he calmed the storm. It seems like a very simple message. But as I dug into this, it became much more complex and much more challenging than I originally anticipated but it brought us to where we are today. And honestly, I was wrestling with God all week on this, and it wasn't until I was driving home and processing where I really kind of came to some clarity on what God was doing. But let me tell you, this is a message you can't just hear and leave, okay? It's not one that you can just leave here. It's a message you're going to have to take home and wrestle with. It's one that you may need to get into a group of people that are believers and really be challenged by what you hear and try and figure out what God is trying to tell you in the process of this. It's one of those messages that you have to come to a decision on. It's not one that you can just leave. And it's not an easy message, but it is a very pertinent message, a very uh, rich and one that'll bear a whole lot of fruit and can change the way that you live your life. So let's get started in the story. If you want to open your Bibles, if you have them, to Mark 4. I have my glasses this time. Thank you, my lovely wife, for bringing those for me. I could not read anything the first time. We are on Mark 4, 35. It says, Jesus calms a storm. As evening came, Jesus said to his disciples, let's cross to the other side of the lake. So they took Jesus in their boat and started out, leaving the crowds behind, although other boats followed. But soon a fierce storm came up, high waves were breaking into the boat, and it began to fill with water. Jesus was sleeping in the back of the boat with his head on a cushion. The disciples woke, up, woke him up, shouting, Teacher, don't you care that we're drowning? When Jesus woke up, he rebuked the wind and to the waves, said, Silence, be still. Suddenly the wind stopped, and there was a great calm. Then he asked them, Why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? The disciples were absolutely terrified. Who is this man, they said to each other. Even the wind and the waves obey him. Okay, you know, if you've been around church much, you realize that this is a scripture you've heard before. It doesn't seem to be that out of the ordinary. Jesus is just once again kind of, we say, wielding his powers and, and doing something extraordinary. But there's a whole lot happening in this scripture. The first thing that we need to realize is Jesus didn't take them across the lake as a mistake. 
Now, we realized that last week we were talking about how the crowds were so intense that they were crushing up against Jesus, that they couldn't even go to a house and eat. There's so many people that were there. So he had gotten onto the boat, and he was doing the parables at that point. He was teaching from the boat so that he could be away from them for a little bit. He'd been teaching so long that he was absolutely exhausted. So he said, okay, guys, let's, you know, let's get the anchor up, let's go. And they headed across Galilee. And when they got to a certain point in the south end of the Sea of Galilee, there were a lot of mountains and areas where the wind would whip through and every once in a while kick up a storm. Now, most of these guys were not trained sailors. They didn't understand boats. A couple of them were, but even they were terrified by what they just got into. The wind and the waves were so choppy and blowing that they were sinking. I mean, it was taking on water. And they apparently got to a point where they couldn't bail it out fast enough. They're like, oh, Okay, but Jesus, you got to get up. You're just going to leave us here to drown? Because they were about, you know, it's about a 10 miles across, and they were out in the middle of it. What does Jesus do? He doesn't freak out. He doesn't get up. He simply gets up. He says, peace, be still. Silence. Everything in that moment The disciples' ears had been ringing from all the wind and the rushing of the waves. And just like that, complete silence. And in that, you also see the fact, side note, that they were all more terrified about what they just experienced there than they were from what they were just experiencing with the wind and the waves. See, these people, they, they knew the scripture. They knew the Psalms. They knew about this God that in, in Psalms talked about allowing the winds and the waves to come to peace, this God of this power. And all of a sudden, these 12, this motley crew that had been called out, just lived it. And they were absolutely terrified. This is the guy. This is God. And I think, just as a side note again, I think many times we have, we have declawed God a bit, haven't we? We've made him tame. We've made him, you know, we see him, Jesus, with, you know, the, the, the lamb and the children, and that is absolutely a part of him, but he is God. And there best well be a part of us that don't ever forget that. Not that we need to be afraid of God, but there better to be a part of us that understands and is a little bit by the, the dynamic of who he is. He created everything, and he's still in control of all. And we need to right-size that in our mind and our spirit when we're looking at this. So if we move back, we look at this, and so not only did Jesus say, peace be still, and he rebuked the wind and the waves... And it's, it's the same terminology he uses when he was casting out demons. It's be muzzled, be gagged, no more. Just the authoritative, whoosh, and it went, woof. But the wind and the waves were not the only things that got the rebuke. Because after he got done with that, he turned to the disciples and said, come on, guys, Really? Have we not just been living this? Have I not just shared with you the innermost secrets of how we're doing things, of who I am and what's happening here? Did you not just experience this time and time again when I've cast out these demons? What's going on? I finally bring you out to a point, the first time that I test you guys. 
We're no longer in teaching mode. You're no longer just sitting back and watching. You had an opportunity to live this. And what happens? You freak out. You start trying to do things on your own. That's not working. Then you finally decide that maybe it's the best idea to wake me up. And so he rebuked the wind and the waves. Then he turned and said, why are you afraid? Do you still have no faith? But isn't that us? Really? Isn't that us today? And when he asked the question, why are you afraid? He already knew the answer from when the disciples came and said, basically, are you just going to let us drown? Are you going to let us die? Because I believe the question that they asked in that moment and that Jesus was getting back at is the exact same question that's on all of our minds today. It's not if God can, but it's if God will. I mean, don't we, don't we struggle with that? Okay, he's the God of the universe. He's created all things. But with what I'm dealing with, will he show his power? And that's really where it causes problems for us. Because in our human life, many times we encounter circumstances where we just don't see God show up in the way that we anticipate or desire or hope. And in every circumstance, we have two areas to be able to really live. We can live in fear, and can we, we can live in faith. And now let me just say for a second, drives me bonkers. When people say, well, if you just have a little more faith, if you just have a little more faith, if you just trust in Jesus more, stop. Okay? This isn't a guilt trip. This is a fundamental understanding of who God is and his nature, okay? Because we're designed body, mind, and spirit. And there are those of you that are here, maybe here today, and you're like, well, I'm not a follower of Christ, so this is, yeah. And so in this, we understand that, that God has made us holistic this way. But until we surrender our lives to Jesus and the Holy Spirit comes to live inside of us, you're only living in two of the three quadrants. These are the only two that are really moving and allowing us to move forward. And we live in this, this point with our lives. Now, when we surrender to Jesus, the Spirit is the part that comes alive. But then there's a battle that happens. There's a battle that happens because the spirit is trying to infiltrate and to take over and really filter everything that we do and who we are. But we have run so long with the independence here, there's always that struggle and that war that's going on. And so the disciples didn't have the benefit of having the Holy Spirit dwelling at you at that point. Their first response was, boom, right to fear. Unfortunately, when we get 
put in the middle of situations which are outside of our control or maybe more than we can handle or it could be something simple, our response generally is not, okay, God's got this. It's, oh, God, where are you? What's going on? And many times we try and take care of it on our own before we get around to getting to God on what we need to deal with. And so we live in this world of the unknown. Somewhere in this tension between fear and faith, we live in this world around us. We have this battle that wages between what we see the world do, what we're naturally wired to do, and what God is trying to rewire us to become. And it's actually the process. It's a psychological as well as a spiritual process. We're rewiring the way that we think and see the entire world. But every single day, there's no promise of what's to come next. Our lives could be over like that. So what happens when those storms hit? What happens when we get into those circumstances where we're hit with things that are a little bit out of our control and we don't understand? What happens when we have things that literally take us to our knees? What's our response? Personally, I can tell you, my response more times than not immediately is this, right here. What's going to happen? What are we going to do? Where are we going to be? But in the midst of this, and this is where I tell you, I cannot just package this up nicely for you and say, here's the answer. Go have fun. Live with rainbows and unicorns. It's not life. I can point you in a direction. And I can tell you what I know and what scripture says. But you have to dig for yourself. Because in the midst of this tension of these two areas, we have to make a decision about who God is and his nature. We have to decide. Is this God of the scripture that we read about really true? Is it true not for just that point, but for us today? The very first readers of this book of Mark were the Roman Christian church that would have been under persecution at any moment they could have been grabbed and thrown into the arena to be killed. When they were heard the story of the storm, they were living it. They were not sitting comfortably in church in the 21st century like we are. They were sitting as some people in the third world countries and other places around the world where at any moment their life could be taken. But he was making a point with this. He was making a point with that story that that church would understand very clearly. But we have to think correctly. In the story, Jesus got him out of the storm. He physically made everything. It was showing his power more so than a template for how our lives are going to play out. Because you and I know that not all the storms go away. And many of the storms that we face do not turn out the way that we hope them to. We are in a broken, fallen world. But in those circumstances, we have to decide who God is. 
And that's going to determine our response when we're hit with those storms. Who is God to you? If he can't be trusted, if he's not who scripture says he is, if he's not good, if he's not faithful, if he's not all powerful, then we live here. It could be even that we believe all that, but he's not going to step in in our circumstance, and that causes us great fear. Or we can stand on the fact that God is real and true, and his word is true and real. And that even though our circumstances change, God doesn't change. And in the midst of all of it, God is good. And when we start grounding ourselves in the truth of scripture, then we start to realize that we all have a tape going on in our head. Something happens, oh God, God can't be trusted. Nope, he failed us there. Nope, that didn't, mm -mm. nope, didn't happen like I wanted to. Oh, can you really, is that, does God really? We start, that's what's playing in the back of our head. That's the enemy always trying to get that loop going because if we can get that loop going, then it paralyzes our faith and we continually live here. We shrink back and we are no longer living in the authority and the peace and the power that God's called us to. But when we come to know scripture and to know the nature of God and really live in this, then we start to understand a different dynamic which the disciples were continually learning and Jesus is trying to get a message across. But if you don't hear anything else, hear this. God may not take away the storm here, but he will take away the storm here. There are storms that we just have to walk through and they may not end the way that we want them to or hoped or even begged. But the thing that God does promise is that there does not have to be a storm right here. That he is a God of peace. And he's a God of joy. And then no matter what the circumstances out here are, God doesn't change the fact that he is good. And that the storm does not have to rage in here. I have encountered those that have been on their deathbed that have been so peaceful and had so much joy we are anxious. We are afraid. We don't want to lose people. We don't know what the circumstances are. We don't know the way out. But about the time we give in to the fear, then it paralyzes us. And I can tell you this, but I can't make you live this. This is where you're going to have to dig into scripture and time and time again see who God is in the midst of this. And he doesn't always get people out of the storms. I mean, that's the thing. I can't just go to scripture and say, yay, every time the storm is gone, Jesus steps in and saves the day. God saves the day. He doesn't. Always. But he does here. 
I'll never leave you or forsake you. I am good. I can be trusted. There's a greater thing happening than you can even begin to understand. You won't get it on this side of heaven. You're just not going to understand. But trust me. Trust me. Trust me. And in that, no matter what the storm that's raging out here, you can have peace and joy in here. Now dig. Search. Wrestle. I can tell you about it, but you've got to find it. Every single day, you have to find this. You have to know the scripture. You have to dig in. You have to know the nature of God. You have to be able to speak it out in the midst of those storms. And even if they do not cease, the fear here will. And then you will live with an authority that the disciples had to where their lives no longer mattered. They were willing to die for exactly what they believed in. Because they realized that it's so much bigger than this. So that's your challenge this week. Are you grounded in the truth of who God is? Because if not, your default is going to be here. Are we digging in every single day? And trust me, you have an active enemy that's going to try and make you live here. You have to dig into the word and know the truth. This is alive and active. Absorb it. Know it. Be in the battle, overcome, because Jesus is overcoming this world, and live a new life of peace and joy. It's yours. That authority is yours. It's there. But you got to wrestle with this. you got to go after it. You have to continually wrestle with God in this. And then when you come to a point of surrender, the shalom of God overtakes your life. yours. Let's go wrestle. Father, we thank you for today. Lord, we thank you for the fact that you are a God that is the same yesterday and forever. Lord, you do not change. Your nature hasn't changed. That you are good. You are true. You have overcome this world, Father, and we share in that. Lord, but we live in a broken, fallen world. And Lord, sometimes storms come and there's nothing that we can do. And Lord, it doesn't seem like you're saving us. But Father, you've promised us that we do not have to be in fear no matter what we face. Lord, that your peace and your joy that passes any understanding that we could have in this human world, in this carnal world, can be supernatural and can ground us. So this world will look at us like, who in the world are they? May this be ours. May we claim this. May we wrestle with this. May we live this. And may this truth come to fruition in our lives now and for all eternity. In Jesus' name, amen. Thanks for listening. For more information about Praise Community Church, including gathering times and events, please visit us at praisecc.org.